0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome. And it is Friday. And you know what that means? Once again, it is... FIFT IS <laughs> FRIDAY! Let's go, Keith. That that was pretty good. We were just talking before we came on the air how we are both feeling a little bit under the weather yeah, at this bad. point. You uh you gutted that one out and uh, and got it done. Impressive stuff, my friend.
2: Yeah, we'll see if uh, that ended uh, any above my voice for the rest of the show. <laughs> but
1: we'll, we'll power through.
2: We'll make it through.
1: Both of us are like on the verge of losing our voices, but we will find a way to adapt and overcome and get through this show. Yeah, we haven't had a front office Friday, oh, yeah. week, but. Keep in mind, we do this during the course of the regular season. We'll make this a consistent thing where we'll be here every Friday, taking your live questions and comments. Those of you coming in here on the YouTube channel, welcome in. We're going to talk NBA basketball here today and take all of your questions and comments in the chat. So again, welcome everybody who's joining us live. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe to the front office YouTube channel. Uh, we are pushing towards 30,000 subscribers. So give, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and also Hit the like button. Get this video out to as many people as we possibly can. Uh, Keith, you were just kind of, I think you were joking, but I also think you might be right. Right before we came on the air, you said that you think we may have an emergency front office show to record this weekend. I'm assuming you're talking the dames of our lives himself, Damian Lillard, right?
2: Yeah, that's where I'm at. I think we're getting really close now. Everything sounds like it's all coming into focus um, with this. So I think we're 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 getting closer than we've been, which quite frankly from all the reports, everything I've heard, wasn't really close. Uh, for 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 a while mm-hmm. so now it sounds like we're, we're actually kind of get, getting there and it sounds like some progress has been made we'll see there's a lot of you know it could be a you know multiple team trade it could be a straight trade uh still with the with the heat um i think we've seen portland has not made any of their camp signings <clears throat> excuse me yet mm-hmm. um which is Probably to conserve some roster spots so that they're not having to wave a bunch of guys unnecessarily, um, you know, to to create roster spots in an unbalanced trade, which this almost certainly will be for them, just given how much money Damian Lillard makes. So I, I think we're in a spot where you know we're, we're getting close on this. And it feels like if not today, if not this weekend, probably early next week, because everybody keeps hinting too. Brian Windhorst, I believe, was the latest. Portland doesn't want to start training camp um this way with Damian Lillard on the team and all this hanging over them if they can avoid it. So yeah. I think we're close.
1: Well, and we've talked about the importance of Portland getting this trade right though. So you would rather start training camp with Damian Lillard and deal with that awkwardness than take the wrong trade, right? This isn't this isn't hell or high water. We must get him off this team. This isn't the Rams and Cam Akers, right? They're they are not going to just take any deal. They're not taking a, a sixth rounder for a seventh rounder three years from now, so those don't exist in the NBA. But you know what I'm saying. They're not sure. going to take a bad deal here. They're going to prioritize the deal over the awkwardness. But if it's close, that awkwardness could end up being a factor here. And besides, you don't want to, you know, Scoot Henderson's Blazers career is kicking off here. You don't want to start it off with, all of that kind of hanging over the franchise. So I wouldn't be surprised either if it does get done. Is it still Miami? There was that report that came out a few days ago, kind of bizarre that, and I don't recall who it was from. I, I should, but uh, that said that if Damian Lillard were traded to any other team, he would immediately request a trade to the Miami heat. Yeah. I've that seen some weird. of
2: that. I, I don't think that's going to be the the case because it's just, then become, everything becomes too hard then at that point to pull off a retrade. And I don't think he's going to sit out for another team or anything like that because we've heard reporting the other way of he wouldn't be happy, but he'd report and do his thing. I don't think we're – I think with James Harden, we're officially on watch. Is he going to actually show up? What's that going to look like? I think with Damian Lillard, it is no matter where he is uh, in a, what, a week and a half or so at the start of training camp. He's going to be there and he's going to be with that team. If he's happy or not, that's a whole other story, but I think he'll be there. It's, yeah, you know, we've heard Chicago, Toronto maybe mm-hmm. could be interested. Um, I've heard, I've talked with people who said they think those teams could be in as the third team in a deal and they could be mm-hmm. facilitators. There's been a lot of, a lot of stuff buzzing around Phoenix jumping in there, not Phoenix to get Dame yeah. themselves, but to as a third team in, it sounds like they may come away with Yusuf Nurkic, which, I don't know. I don't really understand Nurkic over, uh, you know, over Aiden. that's you know, a whole other thing we can get into later if we want to, um, with that or if there's questions about that from from the folks in the chat. But yeah, I, I think we're we're getting close to a um, your know, resolution here. But I, I I don't think we're gonna see anything you know completely. Uh, how do I put? this where dame then makes it a whole issue uh, i mm-hmm. think it's going to be you know he ends in miami i've been saying that you know for a long time now i think that'll still be the case and then we'll just kind of you know see what the pieces are where they get routed elsewhere around that
1: yeah the Suns has been interesting i was actually on a a podcast uh yesterday covering the the phoenix suns with my guy uh gerald borgay who does a great job they yeah, actually great. broke yeah they they broke the story um that the suns have been talking uh, about potentially swapping out Aiton. Aiton would be the piece going out if they were to get into the mix here and be a third team or a fourth team. Potentially with Nurkic coming back, they were trying to present, at least what I saw from uh, John Gambadoro on, on uh, well, I almost said Twitter, but I guess X, Um <laughs> Was trying to present Nurkic is as fine, a
2: Trevor. That's fine. You can say That's water.
1: either way. Everybody <laughs> know they know what I'm talking about. Um, trying to present Nurkic as being a, a defensive upgrade over Aiden, and I do, I don't know that that's true. Yeah, particularly the the injury riddled Nurkic. But what I, I guess we've talked about this. If the Suns are going to make a, this kind of a move, which I'd be a little bit surprised if they do this before even giving Frank Vogel a shot to see what he can turn DeAndre Aiden into. I mean, Frank Vogel was the Roy Hibbert, verticality king, uh, uh, a decade ago when that became such a big deal. Like, why would you not give Frank Vogel a chance just to see if he can unlock DeAndre and then have not try to make a move in December or January or something? But, but nonetheless, if they do this, Nurkic's salary is not the same as Ayton's. Maybe you could you could chop up Ayton into a couple of players and go and go that round. Then maybe it makes some sense from the Suns' perspective.
2: Yeah, I I think that's probably more the way it goes. And that could be where you see something with Nurkic come in because his salary is, you know, it's like roughly half of Aiden. So maybe you get Nurkic, you get a couple pieces from the Heat. Um, One of the rumored constructions that was out there was like Caleb Martin goes to the Suns along with TJ McConnell. Um, That all starts to make sense salary matching-wise. makes sense just the Heat adding depth. They could use a they kind of true – backup point guard which McConnell would be and then you're off the long-term money to Aiden as well right which potentially alleviates some concerns down the line with, with your luxury tax and you know where all that's going to be it's still likely going to be you know over a uh, super tax um, line with that but but we'll see you know where that all goes but yeah I'm not a I Aiden to versus Nurkic together like if, if you just compare the two of them. Yeah. I'm taking eight. I'm not Mm going to take Nurkic and I like Yusuf Nurkic. I just think he, he could be an offensive upgrade for the Suns because he can step out and shoot it a little bit. He's been doing more and more of that over the years. He's very good passing big man. Um, he, you know, can really do some stuff, you know, from a lot of different spots on the floor as a five how much more offense does that team need right, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean that I, I would rather have the defense guy who's gonna go up and catch lobs and make plays around the rim so give me Aiden just for the specific fit there but yeah if it's Aiden versus Nurkic and two other rotation guys that starts to become a you know completely different feeling
1: right I mean obviously a big salary difference between the two but still Nurkic yep. under contract for three years Aiden under contract for three more years it and Nurkic is 29 years old and is dealing with a bunch of injuries. So I don't, yeah. it, you know, you're right though. If you're I feel it,
2: like he's going on like 40.
1: <laughs> it does. It does. It does. <laughs> but if it's Nurkic and then you get, like you said, Caleb Martin, so that's where it becomes interesting for the Suns. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah. have a, a super chat here. I.L. Farkoch said CBA new rule should be that a player who signed a new deal would have a no trade option that would expire December 15th instead of not being trade eligible until December 15th. So then the player would have control. But if the player and the team both agree, hey, this isn't working and it's November, you could still go ahead and make a trade on the new contract with the player. What, what you know, every time we think of stuff like this, there's unintended consequences, right? Like when we think about the Supermax uh, deal, the NBA thought, oh, this is great. This is going to allow incumbent teams to keep their players. And lo and behold, the first guy to be up for a supermax, the Marcus Cousins, the Kings went. Nope, we don't <laughs> want to pay that. We're trading him, right? So there's unintended consequences. What would the consequences be of, of doing something like this?
2: Yeah, I'd be afraid you'd have guys signing big contracts with cap space teams, simply designed around they can give me the deal, and then kind of an under the table agreement of you're going to then trade me to Team X who couldn't sign and trade for me, couldn't do, you know, a deal, straight deal with me. That that I think would be the the problem mm-hmm. there would, would be something like that. And then <clears throat> that just becomes an issue, right? And you don't want to have those kind of things going on. So I think it's fine the way it is. I don't hate this idea. I think you just need to be cognizant of that could be how it plays out.
1: Yeah, I think that's the that's the concern there, right? Is that there'd be some kind of shenanigans that teams would and look, I think that if you're going to ink a guy to a contract, you should be at least willing to keep him on your roster till December, right? Like, One I mean, would think. you would yeah. you would hope. I, I think part of the thing is we see a pop up every now and then, right? Like we know the Warriors back in the day. Good example. And I'm talking about signing a player specifically to trade him, right? Right. The Warriors, when they got D'Angelo Russell back in the day, that was just they didn't want to lose that salary slot. It wasn't yep. they went, yes, D'Lo, you are the fit for us for the future. This is going to be great. No, it was, they didn't want to lose a salary slot. They knew it, ultimately they would trade him. By the way, wound up being a really good deal to get Andrew Wiggins, and he became a big piece on a championship team. Um, but I think the NBA, they don't want teams signing players. They want If you're going to sign a player, you're signing the player because you want the player, not because you want to trade the player. And I think that would become more commonplace if, if something like this was, was in effect.
2: Yeah. In general, the NBA does not want players thought of as contracts. They want them thought of as players and they understand at some point in a career, just about every player becomes much more of a contract figure than they are um, for anything is their ability as a basketball player, if they hang on long enough into their career to become that. But that is a you know situation they want to try to avoid, if at all possible. And there's been a proposal, it's been floated a handful of times, it's never gone anywhere, where any new contract or extension immediately comes with a one-year no-trade clause, Ooh. where or no-trade restriction, I should say, where player just can't be traded like it kind of to your point of if you sign a guy you should be signing him because you want him to play for you i personally think that's going too far because we've all seen situations where this looks amazing right this looks like the great greatest fit in the world on paper and then you see it on the floor and it's like oh it didn't work you know, the way we wanted it to, it's just a mess, mm-hmm. and both sides should have an opportunity to kind of get out of that. That's that's yep. also why I don't get all worked up over players asking for trades and those kind of things when they're into a new deal. When teams can do the same thing, um, you know, been you know earlier in a deal, you know, quite frankly, so. But, you know, I think it's probably okay the way it is. it is. I will say it's getting more and more complicated to keep track of all this stuff and what are the restrictions and when was yeah. it signed and all these things I'll plug over on Track. We have all that track. So that's all over there. If you look on anybody, click on any single player, and it'll tell you if they're trade eligible now or when. It'll also tell you if they're extension eligible or not. That's a little flag we added uh, to every single player, and it should auto update um, as those uh, restrictions lift and the like. So you know, check that all out there. But that's it is getting more and more complicated as we go.
1: That little extension eligible flag, as you called it uh has been very useful this this I, I can't tell you how many times just in my own like going through teams and looking at stuff I went oh that guy can sign exit that guy because yep. it's hard to remember like who can who can who's eligible who's the I mean the NBA's rules are, are so they are <laughs> the national lampoons ball of Christmas lights right at times trying to a sort through the ball. Yeah. So that was that was extremely uh helpful having that that on there for sure. I use that a lot this summer. Um Justin Kirkland the super chat said, "Hey guys, keep up the great work. How long before the NBA puts a formal trade request process in place for a player? Hopefully to avoid situations like Lillard, Harden, etc. So what? Like the the player like fills out a sheet of paper or something and hands it into the league. Like here I am formally. This is me formally request. Or do they have to like make a video of themselves? Like hey I formally request a trade for reasons X, Y, and Z. Um, it, it, a way to essentially." Like, legalize a trade request because a player can't publicly request a trade. The NBA doesn't want to deal with that. Is there any way the the NBA ever goes down a path where you can, I mean, really legalize trade requests?
2: Yeah, I mean, you're looking at at least like seven years or so until this CBA is uh, yeah. can be opted out of because if anything, the league's going the other way. On this where it is, mm-hmm. they don't want These trade requests so they certainly don't want to Formalize one I think It's more of a hey you're Going to ask um, for trades Like we get that um, Let's just not be You know jerks about it let's not yeah. be You know out there then trashing teams And they certainly don't want what happened With Damian Lillard of hey don't trade For him he's not going to be happy if you're not the yep. heat. Like they right. don't want those kind of things They don't want it to turn into Fine you want to trade just let's not make it a public spectacle and then let's not do anything new, hurt your current team's ability to get the best possible return. Yeah. Uh for which you. which so is happening that, still. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's where the you know challenge will come in and they have the ability to find you know players. They you know we'll we'll see, you know, what extent that becomes a thing down the line. But I don't think they're gonna do anything to formalize something like this because they'd rather it didn't happen at all.
1: You know, the NBA, put have they've done a lot of work in order to incentivize players to stay with their incumbent teams, right? To, to give the incumbent team advantages in terms of the amount they can pay players. But it's also, again, we talk about unintended consequences. It's created this situation, this, I, I don't know if I want to go as far as to say NBA culture, but where players are taking the money with their teams and then just demanding trades to get to where they want to go. Ultimately, and we're seeing again, we've talked about how free agency isn't as big of a deal anymore because so many players just lock up the money and then asking for trades. I can see why there's a lot of fans out there who say, why did you know, if a player wants to become a free agent, great, become a free agent. Then you can go sign with anybody. Teams aren't preserving cap space the way they used to, though. But if you really want to get off this team, okay, become you know, James Harden, you picked up your option. Don't pick up your option. You can go sign with the Clippers if you want. Go ahead. You got to take the minimum to do it, but you can do it what players are wanting is they want to have their cake and eat it too. They want it. They want the big contract that only their incumbent team can give them. And they want to get to another team. And I don't necessarily think that's as unseemly as it may be. That may be the lesser of two evils. It's worse for the incumbent team. If the player just goes and signs somewhere else in free agency, I think that's something that gets missed in all of this as uncomfortable as it can be. And as much, I see people say, well, you know, Dame only wants to go to Miami and he already got the Blazers to pay him a big contract. Sure, but if he didn't take a big contract with the Blazers, then he walks as a free agent at some point and the Blazers get nothing. So yeah, I don't
2: mind the he took a big contract, he asked for a trade as much as then the addition of I only want to go to Miami. That is that's where it all falls apart. Yeah, that's that's the issue. That's where, you know, because now what you're doing is you're hurting the Blazers in that case, because anybody else is like, eh, no, now you do have GMs who will say, all right, you know, as the kids put it bet, right, I'm going to trade for you anyway. And you'll show up. Cause guess what? You're at hundreds of millions of dollars. I bet you're not going to forfeit them yeah. by not showing up and playing here um, with that. So, but you do have other teams that'll say, all right, we're out then. we we have no interest. We were, we were of interest you know on the edges of this and maybe if everything fell right we'd get involved and that's that's where the problems come in or you know especially in this case it is different because he's got multiple years left on his deal with because of the extension i think people forget his actual extension hasn't even kicked in yet. Like it doesn't even start yeah. until the 25-26 season. So he's got oh two more years left on the deal he's under. And then he added two more years to that. Now that last year's a player option. So at the very least, you've got Damian Lillard for three years uh here. You know, if you trade for him, and it's three years and essentially 150 million, then there's another year for 59 million after that. That's the player option. So you're in a spot where that becomes a a place where that's a little different than the guy who has one year left it is like don't trade for me i know everybody says ad and that's probably the most fair recent comp He's mm-hmm. far from the only one other guys have done it too but that's the one where it was pretty much known like hey you can trade for me if you want i'll play it out with you but i'm going to the lakers in the summer of Whatever summer that was I'm going to sign there anyway So you might as well just let me get there And not lose all your assets And all this other stuff That said, like the Celtics Heavily, heavily considered it For two reasons One, they thought all right, he can lift us to a title And then we'll deal with everything else But the other thought was well, if we get him here, he'll like it here. We can convince him to stay. And if we win a title, is he really going to walk? Ultimately, yeah. a lot of other stuff happened. I think they knew Kyrie wasn't staying and that's why they ultimately stayed away. But that was on the table for them. And that's, it's again, it's different with Dame because of the years left on his deal. But this is a whole you know other conversation of, you know, where is this going to go with, with that? But yeah, it's, it's you know, we're we're, we're going to find out. I think we're going to find out sooner rather than later. And I do think, it's going to be Dame is you know off to to the Heat. Just players get where they want to go, you know. Until till that changes, I, I I'm going to continue to believe it.
1: Well, it's different too with AD. Where I mean, the general perception was that the Pelicans won the ultimate trade that they got a haul You're for Anthony sure. Davis, and there was a lot of people skewering the Lakers for giving up as much. In, in that scenario, it's not a problem if a player wants to say I only want to go to one team, and that one team doesn't use that as as a huge, huge advantage and, and just has all this leverage and says, okay, well he only wants to go here. So you're taking our end of the bench guys and you're going to like it. Right. If you're, if that team is getting, getting real assets for their player, then it's not so much a problem, but we're starting to see more and more where teams are going. Well, your star says he only wants to play for us. So you're screwed. So here, this is, here's our, our poo poo platter. Of terrible picks that are never going to actually transfer and, and all kinds of stuff that you don't really want. And you're going to have to take it and like it. That's where it becomes problematic. And I don't know, like in the Dame situation, it's different. I don't know how you solve this either. Because when you have a guy who is going to become a free agent, let's say, let's say it's Giannis next summer, who is one year at that point, he will be one year away from potentially hitting the free agent market. If you're an opposing team, Let's say that you are your Celtics and you say, Hey, Giannis, we're going to give up Jalen Brown. We're going to give up all this. We're going to give up all of these picks, but we don't want to do that for just a year of you. Are, are you willing to stay with us? And then on the flip side, when you go to the other side, what if Giannis has decided, I hate the cold. I've been in Milwaukee. I never want to be in cold again. What's Giannis supposed to do? Is he supposed to lie? And say, yep. oh, yeah, I'm going to go deal with winters in Boston. No problem. Just so that the Bucs can get the best deal. or uh, So I, that's where this becomes so tricky. I don't know how you solve this trade request problem, how you can legislate this out without, as we've talked about a bunch on the show, without accidentally creating other problems down the road. So exactly. the status the status quo, as much as people want to complain about the situation and all that, the status quo may actually be the best thing right now for the league
2: yeah in teams i can tell you they'd rather know right up front do you have an interest in being here or not like they 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 don't want to do any of that stuff i mean there are teams that would love to be able to talk to free agents a year or two years in advance and say hey are you interested in signing here because if your answer is absolutely not to your your example no way too cold don't want to be there yeah a lot of teams would rather than say, all right, forget it. Let's move. Let's move along. Right. Well, let's, let's go, a, you know, different direction and we'll start playing, playing in another way with that kind of stuff. Like I, I, I'm with you. This part of it is too, I guess I'm just resigned to it. Like it, it is what it is. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to spend a lot of time being upset about it and all that stuff that comes along with it. But yeah, it, it's, you know, I get why people are bothered by it. I also, somebody asked this today, is like, is this an NBA-only thing? Like, they said this on Twitter, and I was like, it really isn't. Like, this, yeah. uh, and I don't know about hockey, because I don't follow it anywhere near right. close enough. But basketball and baseball, like, this is very much a thing that happens. You know, there, it just doesn't happen, I think, at the rate Foot- and level it happens. Football's in- different. Yeah, and football's different, but you do get guys that are like, Hey, I want to go there. Like, that's where I want to play, right? And baseball's been that way for years. Now, baseball is a little bit different because a lot of the best baseball players they have a no-trade clause and -hmm. they'll have that. They'll, you know, say, Hey, I'm only going to accept a trade to these five teams, which then says, All right, well, there it is. That's my that's our limiting negotiation power, and it doesn't really matter. But in that case, the team gave them that power. Damian Lillard doesn't have that, so you're trying to it in effect kind of create a no trade clause with threatening. I won't go anywhere else or I won't be happy or whatever level you take it to. So that's where it get, gets a little tricky. You give a guy a no trade clause like Bradley Beal. You did that to yourself. And I yeah. have no, Eesh. I have no like sympathy for you at all. You gave the player that power and now you're going to deal with it. So it it is interesting, you know, to to see kind of those differences and think about them. But I, I do think we're getting close on this one. I, I think, you know, we're, we're going to be uh, g- getting news here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, so I keep looking at my phone. Which yeah. Is buzzing for completely unrelated thing. reasons. To so I keep looking over there because I'm like, all right, is this it? Is this it? And it's all, you know, other, you know, important, but real life stuff. Oh, but, I, uh, no.
1: <laughs> I checked to make sure I had the breaking news drop all, all preloaded <laughs> before we started the show. Just in case, just in case. Uh, Senpai. Said with how popular sports betting is, it's a matter of time before the NBA really pushes it more. Maybe, in maybe when they go to Vegas with an expansion team. Uh, sure. imagine an NBA stock market where you invest in players. I've seen different sites that have tried to do something along the these the lines. Early
2: days of the internet, there was one that you could do that, it was basically like fantasy sports, but you could yeah. do it across all sports and you could like, like you got given X amount of a budget and you could buy into players in all different leagues and stuff like that. And it, it, it was fun at the time, but I think it's just, it's I think for the most part, people want their fantasy sports to be a little more simplified. Yeah. and It kind of fell out of use, but if so, you're talking like a real money thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tough because then you better have a locked down way of evaluating you know, what the worth of a player is exactly. as a, You know, commodity and all that stuff.
1: It's, I mean, just on the, the bigger picture on gambling and the NBA gambling and sports in general, there's too much money out there to not continue to push that way. And there's going to be, it's going to be problematic in some ways. And, but again, the NBA has been in Vegas for a long time for summer league. I'm expecting an NBA team to go to Vegas for the next, what, five years. Um, I think it's just going to be continue to be a bigger and bigger thing um, that we're seeing. And so, yeah, I I think the NBA will push it. Football is pushing it. You know, it's going to, it's going to happen. I don't think the the genie's out of the bottle. There's no putting it back at this point.
2: No, especially now that these leagues are officially partnering with these and betting is, you know, I don't know what the numbers are, but I'm going to guess within, you know, the next five to 10 years, it's probably going to be legal and, you know, most States, if not, you know, almost all of them, maybe we'll have a handful of holdouts that that don't quite get there, but I think we're, you know, we're almost there. And that, that's, you know, yeah, it's like it or not, it's going to be a part of all this. And that's going to mean leagues, the NBA included, Mm -hmm. you're going to have to be a lot more strict and stringent with players, coaches, officials, like you, you gotta be on the level with this stuff. I think you're going to see, which is if, if it's, because of gambling, then we get more accurate injury reporting, yeah. I'm all for that part of it. Just because that makes our jobs as analysts, uh, yes, if we really know what's going on to analyze, you know where we're at with these kind of things and and that sort of stuff. So, you know, yeah, I, but yeah, it's definitely not that none of this is going away anytime soon. And mm-hmm. if anything, to your point, it's only going to be you know more prevalent.
1: What do you fall with with media with all of that? How does that? Yeah, like... I mean,
2: I, I can only tell you my experience. So I, for a little bit towards the end of last season, I was doing promoted tweets um, yeah. where I was, you know, I was being paid. Like, I have no problem saying it to tweet out, um, you know, what I thought were, you know, decent things. I am by no means a gambling expert. So I stuck to things like, oh, hey, the over-under on Jason Tatum rebounds is seven tonight. Just factual. He's averaged yeah. 10 his last, you know, 15 games, he's going against a poor rebounding team. You know, good bet that he'll go over that. Those were the kind of things I was putting out there. Then mm-hmm. with a the link to to the uh to, to the company. And I had a lot of people come to me and like, I really, you know, wish you wouldn't do this with stories of you know where things had gone wrong for them or others in, in their mm-hmm. lives and those kind of things. And and then, you know, I looked at it and said, you know, I don't I, I didn't feel personally, just my personal thing, I didn't feel really Comfortable with it you know and then I was Kind of like you know I don't need This extra money that badly there was a point Where I would have been like how They get to sacrifice some more morals because I have bills to pay uh, especially right. those You know immediately post pandemic Yeah right. now the amount that Media pushes it and Then what I don't want to See which the NBA is good about Bill Simmons obviously talks about this A lot where he doesn't um, He can't he says Gamble on MVP because he has an MVP vote. Um, right. So he can't gamble on any of those awards. So He doesn't put money down on it, whether you believe him or not. That's a whole other thing. Um, but the NBA tries to do that because what they don't want is somebody influencing it there.
3: Right. That's
2: a whole other issue of should the media really be the ones deciding these awards? And I don't have a real great solution for that either. But, yeah, it is, you know, interesting to, you know, kind of think about, you know, where, where all of this is headed and, you know, what are the morals <laughs> of all of it?
1: Well, and I think about it, too, because, you know, I mean, look, this is a thing where people are are very aware of, you know, congressional members who are buying and selling stocks. Do they have inside info on on some of that Um, for like you and I, we have access to information that the common fan does not that. That makes me a little uneasy with with the whole situation, I, I, and these are all things that are going to be defined as we figure as we come into this new world of, of gambling and sports and, and all of that. But it's something to you know something that we'll continue looking at, something we'll continue to to discuss. Um, one of the things I want to talk about on today's show, though, before I, before it slips my mind here, um, the Warriors right before we came on here, according to Shams Trani, apparently made the decision that they, despite like bringing in Dwight and he's going to go to shoot around with Chris Paul and Draymond Green and and all this stuff, maybe he was just a play to keep them apart. I don't know, but, um, (laughs) but, uh, that they're not going to sign Dwight Howard. So what do you think about that decision and what does that mean for, for Dwight at, at this point?
2: Yeah, I'm not surprised. The Warriors have tended to be on one or maybe two guys, not want to carry guys like Dwight Howard on the roster. They want their bigs to be multifaceted. They want them to be able to shoot, pass, you mm-hmm. know, one or the other. Uh, they've kind of got the one guy who is rebound defense already, and Kavon Looney, who's quite good and, you know, plays his role perfectly for them. I think they're very content to roll into the season, even though they'll be very small with Dario Saric as essentially the backup big man um, mm-hmm. on their roster because he can shoot, he can pass, he can do those kind of things. Now, this might be one. They still have a lot of open roster spots. This could be one where, all right, let's see what it looks like in a week or two. Let's see, you know, how is everybody feeling when camp starts, all this stuff with that, or, you know, let's go into the season. And if you're still not on a team, maybe we we regroup them. But I think for now, I'm not surprised that they said, let's kind of move in a different direction here as we fill out our own roster because he just didn't scream perfect fit for what that team has historically wanted now if they gave him a spot and said hey you're at the end of the bench kind of like what Blake Griffin was for the Celtics sure. then hey once a week on a back-to-back we're gonna throw you out there and you're gonna play I would have been fine with that would have no real issues with it but I just I get why they may say let's let's uh you'll move in a slightly different direction
1: yeah it's um not a surprise in, in that sense, especially with the rumor that we talked about the other day, and I guess this is one that's been you know persisting since he became a warrior. But Chris Paul being in the starting lineup, if uh, presuming that Kevon Looney is the guy who heads to the bench, there's a domino effect there, right? Sure. Where the usefulness of signing a a more traditional non three point shooting big in Dwight Howard is limited if Kevon Looney is already coming off the bench for you right if that's if he's coming into that type of a role I still think they could use another big but if they've decided that hey we don't this isn't the type of big that we want we're gonna we're gonna wait and see what else we can find I understand the the thought process there but I do wonder if he winds up getting scooped up by by somebody if somebody because there's enough bigs in the NBA we're not back to like the days of Shaq where if you're seven foot 250-plus, you automatically have a job in the NBA because they just need (laughs) big bodies to throw at Shaquille O'Neal. It's not like that, but there's enough guys between Jokic and Embiid, and then you go down a few tiers and you talk about balance Yunus, you talk about, I mean, Yusuf Nurkic, if he's healthy, there's enough just big dudes that it's probably not a bad idea to carry another big physical defensive player on your roster. So I wouldn't be shocked if he winds up signing somewhere, maybe not at the beginning of the season, but at some point during the season, he pops up on a roster somewhere.
2: Yeah, and that's going to then become on him to, one, stay in shape, and then, yeah. two, kind of uh, not sign anywhere else, right? Not go back to uh deal he can't get out of overseas or something like that.
1: Exactly, exactly. Oh, here's one that's been interesting to me, Keith. Um, Sam said, you've got Biombo out there still. Wonder why they wouldn't go for him. Wait, yeah. It's been so quiet around Bismack Biombo, who has his flaws, certainly, but, I mean, his rim protection stats are actually pretty good. He does a nice yep, job negatively impacting field goal percentage at the rim. He's one of the better ones in the NBA at it.
2: Why is he still out there? What's going on? Yeah, I, I mean, my guess is teams are taking the approach of, okay, hey, we can get him on a minimum. That's what he's going to get. If we want to go that way, we can go. And maybe it's him. We talked about this before with Christian Wood and Kelly Ubre, who obviously made their decisions and said, let's go, a, uh, you know, let's get, get where we're going to be. I think with Biombo, it could be, hey, I want to see where I can go, where I can play. You know, he mm-hmm. he spent a lot of years uh, either at the end of benches or out of the league. And I think for him, it's, hey, I want to be somewhere I can have an actual role on a team. I'm, you know, quite frankly, a little surprised the Suns didn't just bring him back. I thought he right? you know still fit there, you know, with them, and maybe they still will. You know, we'll see. You know, if they're going to be involved in this trade, you know, what does that all become and all that stuff. And they're, they're, it's not like they, now they did add Drew Eubanks, so I'm a huge fan of. I think mm-hmm. he was one of the more underrated pickups that this summer with that. So yeah, I, I I'm. Yeah, I'm not surprised to be almost still out there, but yeah, I'd like to see him get a spot because he's earned that. He's been very good uh, the last couple, well, let's call it like a year and a half since he kind of reemerged in the league.
1: Yeah, I would have to imagine he's on most teams' boards. He's got to be ahead of Dwight and like, you know, I, I know he's signed, but like the JaVale McGee's of the world and those types sure. of guys, and yet he's still sitting out there.
2: It's just yeah, I would imagine too. Yeah, now I think with JaVale McGee, you I think just he's got this rep as being a great locker room guy yes so I think that's and I'm not saying Biambo is a bad locker room guy but it's if you're the Kings it's like hey we're not really this guy's not really going to play for us so let's make sure whoever it is we add at the end of the bench is going to add something in that direction uh there so yeah I, I would be a be you know all for it but yeah I mean Biombo, <laughs> he should be in the league somewhere he's shown it on the court that he can still play more recently in the NBA than, you know, a handful of these bigs who have jobs in the league right now.
1: Keith, I like this comment that came in a bit ago. We were talking about players requesting trades. The player must give a classroom presentation to argue for a trade request. And then a (laughs) vote is taken to see if the request is granted votes uh, could be a representative from each team. So like, uh, James Harden has to get up there and like present a diorama or something like that <laughs> and, in it. order to be to be. He's doing a full like book report project up there about why why I should why I should be given a trade. Uh, and he then just, he and
2: his, his like, is like handed and it's just Daryl Morey with like liar written across <laughs> it. And that's it. that's the extent he goes to.
1: They should do debate style, and Daryl Morey can get up there and then give his there speech you know. on why Harden should be, and then, and then you have a vote, and and off you go. Um, We have
2: ESPN's new show. Like, there there it is. is. Throw that on in the afternoon. Must watch TV. Yeah, (laughs) the voters from each team as representatives, they're always going to vote because then when it's their turn to want a trade request, they're not going to want anybody to say no on them. So, yeah, but it's funny at least.
1: Who would be the best mediator of that? (sighs) For comedic purposes.
2: KD. Probably because he's pretty funny. I like it. Pretty funny. I like that. And he doesn't hold back. I don't know. Right now, maybe Kai Jones. (laughs) Kai, somebody's got to take away Kai Jones' passwords to his social media because he got out of bounds. What's happening with Kai
1: Jones? I've been, I've been, so I've been. My family's been sick for the last week. We got back from vacation. Now everybody's sick. (laughs) I'm barely keeping
2: up on all of our stuff here. What's going on with Kai Jones? He went on. I think it was Instagram. Um, But basically, he like trashed Mark Williams and Nick Richards and was like, they have no moves. I'm more skilled than them. I should play over them. Um, Yeah, he just, he he ran his mouth a lot. um, He he dunked
1: on them like the way he dunked on (laughs) Wemenyama?
2: A little bit, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he really like, you know, kind of – you know, when I you know way out of bounds with the things he was saying, where it's like, "Whoa, dude, good to believe in yourself," but like, we don't need to be pulling your teammates or something like show me, show me once where Mark Williams has made like a move and then another move or something like that. And he's like, "I'm better than Nick Richards," and yeah, and then 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 it's just other normal stuff where he's like dancing around and doing silly mm-hmm. things. But yeah, man, it's a little little craziness here, like especially where it's like. Dude, you don't even have months to uh to smooth this over.
1: No, but, you have like uh, a, a week and I know I
2: saw it too. I went oh, <laughs> I figured no. you were seeing the same thing. Um, yeah, you have like a week to you gonna face these guys in training yeah. camp. So
1: yeah. You know. Um okay. before we go, because I know my voice is fading fast here. I know you're you're not feeling great either. Um it's
2: struggling a little bit.
1: What's uh, let's let's just do rapid fire what are some of the big storylines that you're looking forward to here heading into to training camp a dame and harden aside we've talked plenty about those but what are the what are the key things that you're looking for and when you and i can just go
0: back and forth and bounce around the league a bit we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
2: Giannis, I, I want to see uh-huh. what conversations are asked of him at the Bucs Media Day, yo, know, and his teammates. And I know Chris Middleton said his piece where he's like, hey, it's just business as usual, or whatever he said. And I think Chris Middleton's right on that. Um, that'll be interesting. I'm very, and I'm going to have a piece or a series of pieces coming out on this at uh, Bot Track, and it's kind of um, the bigger rotation and roster questions. So I want to see teams where like there's, like starting spots open, yeah, or rotation spots open. I'll be watching a lot of that stuff. Um, specifically, like who's going to be the fifth starter for the Suns? You know, it's assuming Aiden's still on the team, of mm-hmm. course. Like who's going to be their fifth starter? What direction are they going with that position? Those, those will be the things I'll be looking for here, and I'm excited
0: to get answers on.
1: Yeah, I like that. That's a good one. I, I'm really interested in, in the Brooklyn Nets and Ben Simmons. Again, I've talked about this that I don't. You know the talk only means so much, we need to see it on the floor. But what, yeah. what does everybody else on the team say? Like, what does Spencer he say about Ben Simmons and his role for the team this season? Sure. That's something that I'm definitely curious about when I'm looking over it. I think I'm just going to be flipping around trying to, you know, um, just open myself up to all of the news sources. All at once yeah, I'll open just open the be on hosts. tweet
2: deck following right? all the beat writers' tweets, uh, you know, injury updates too. You yes, know, where certain guys, you know, uh, guys who maybe missed. A large chunk of last season, or guys who are coming in this year with injuries they picked up over the summer, Celtics specifically, Chris Stapps, mm-hmm. Porzingis, Malcolm Brogdon. Where are they at? Yeah, they're ready to go right out of the gate, you know, or is it going to be a slow start for them this season? You know, other the Lakers, boy, where, where's LeBron at? Did, right? did like, LeBron
1: have surgery on his did, foot, or did he, did, he not? Did, he, did he not? Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. How's AD feeling, right? Because we mm-hmm. know he's you know was dealing with a lot of different stuff at the end, honestly, too. Like the team USA guys, like how is um. You know, how is uh you know um Austin Reeves towards mm-hmm. the end of you know uh what was probably gonna be the most basketball he's ever played in yeah. a calendar year in his life at a high level. I realize these guys play pickup and all that other stuff. Like, you know, where where is that at? Uh, somebody in the chat just said, um, Zion. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent Like, yo, where's Zion at? What what does that look like beyond just the Feeling great, you are ready to go, you know, for yeah. all that stuff. Like, I wanna, I wanna see them. I wanna hear, I wanna hear what teammates have to say about guys and those kind of things. So those are all kind of the, the things I'm looking for. But yeah, it's, it's kind of anything that's gonna maybe start to answer some of the questions that I have.
1: You know, I, I talked about this a little bit on the Lakers Nation podcast today, Keith. That what to expect as far as media day goes. Like ninety plus percent of what gets said. Is just the standard PC, the the person's talking but not really saying anything, <laughs> yeah. right? Like they're they're yeah. just they're playing it, which is what they, they should do in most cases. But there's going to be that less than 10% that filters through where you go, wow, okay, that actually gives us some insight into either what this team is thinking, what a player is thinking about their specific role. So across the board, I'm gonna be looking, kind of trying to read between the lines for any of that stuff stuff anything that gives us some real insight into what a team is expecting into what a player is expecting because everybody's going to talk about their proverbial 10 to 15 pounds of muscle everybody's talking about the best shape of their life everybody's gonna talk about how excited they are for the season and and all that kind of stuff um i'm curious if we can get some answers or at least start to get some answers to some of these big questions in terms of rotations minutes style of play some stylistic choices teams are making and that's the kind of stuff that is going to kind of filter through we're going to have to pay extra attention to what's being said to to glean some information there
2: there will definitely be a surprise or two of player x is going to start for us that happens every year at media day where it's like whoa i did not expect to you know hear that um there'll probably be a surprise or two injury update in not a great way where it's yeah, this guy's not going to be ready for the start of the season or we're going to have to really take it easy the start of the season. Beyond, I'm hoping we get some coaches and probably some of them will speak more to the new rest policy and how that changes things. Most of them are probably going to say, you know, know, we'll partner with the front office and our sports science teams and, you know, figure out what's best for our players because that's what we always do, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I'm very curious to see, you know, what does that, you know, do, do we get a handful that say, Yeah, you know, it is a factor, and we're gonna have to think about it differently than we have, and you know, this is how we're gonna do it? Like, I'm curious on that. The um, you know, we, we've we seen, you know, I know, uh, I believe it was the athletic just put a piece out talking about some of the um, rule chain or I guess points of emphasis for rules. Oh, yeah, this yeah, year with the flopping yeah, what is, isn't it, that. isn't it, uh, like STEM, those, those kind of things.
1: STEM yeah, is the, is the like acronym a, for how they're figuring out. Which yeah, I, I right. go to, you know, education. But STEM uh, trying to to what they're using to determine what's a flop and what isn't. That was yeah, really after, yeah. It was. I know the, the T
2: that. was theatrical. It's second. It, it was secondary it's, theatrical something. And I've
1: got it in front of, so. of me. So you get so you know it's an E and an M. Secondary theatrical exaggerated but exaggerated movements.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're yeah, looking for. Yeah, one of the things this will be the best thing that can happen with the flopping. Hey, I, I mean, I get it. I'm the guy who covered Marcus Smart for years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, it you know, but I've openly said he's you know, if not the best flopper in the league, he's in the top two, and he's probably not number two. It's what scares me is when a dude flops with no concern or regard for who's behind him, and yeah. he's crashing into somebody, somebody's legs. Yep. And then wipes a the guy out and then it's a mess. Like I, I don't want any more of that. So if we can get that out of there, well, let's go. It's gonna be hard. Like what I think they're trying to eliminate is I got bumped at midcourt, and I landed somewhere around the free throw line.
1: Right, like that's right. That's
2: what they're trying to eliminate. The guys are always gonna flop because they, they do it on both ends of the floor. It's you know part of it. But yeah, I don't want to go too crazy.
1: There were a couple of moments in the FIBA World Cup where we saw almost soccer style. Flops sure. where a guy would get bumped a little bit and they would just fall to the ground and grab a body part and you know and all that <laughs> sort of stuff, but it wasn't nearly as prevalent as it is in in soccer. Soccer, it's yeah. it's hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball. As soon as you lose it, fall down and cry, and and it drives me and crazy because I love like soccer.
2: Got shot by the sniper, yeah sniper exactly.
1: Right. It's it's ridiculous. I used to just hit the hell out of players who did that when I was on the field. I'd be like, hey, if you're going down anyway, I'm getting a shot in. But <laughs> um, but. That's what you don't want to see in the NBA. It hasn't gotten to that level. And again, I love soccer, but uh, it hasn't gotten to that level. But you don't want to see the stuff where when you see it on replay, you kind of, you wind up losing a bit of respect for the player. Like yeah. the, the NBA doesn't want that kind of stuff. Now I'll also say though, this was something that they tried years ago. Right? Years ago. I don't even remember how many years, five, six years, more. But yeah. it, there was... Oh, we're gonna we're gonna really cut down on flopping. Lasted like half the season.
0: I
2: no, think what's different now is there's the in-game penalties where you can you can give in like actual impact on the game, right? Technical yeah. fouls and all those kind of things. I think those are bigger because I think the post game we're gonna find a guy, it only goes so far, right? Some guys are like, Hey, it helped us win, I'll pay the fine. I'm yeah. you know happy to pay. You know, my whatever i forget i think it was like fifty thousand or whatever it was uh flop fine let's go because and they were so few and far in between too i think now having it be a real thing that's that's a that's a thing there there's um you know the 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 you know does anybody talk at all at media day about the importance of the playing tournament to them you know yes. or are you gonna get some team that's like yeah you know hey we want to win it i think more you're gonna get um Either ambivalence, or you're going to get the kind of canned answer of "Hey, if we have to play games, I want to win. Like I want to win yeah. every play." Kind of, kind of responses.
1: You're so. not going to get to. I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you're going to get many teams or players that speak negatively about the in no. tournament. Maybe some some cranky veterans will. Like LeBron might might say some things about the uh, wait, I should I said play in tournament. I meant in season tournament. Yeah. Um yeah,
2: I knew what you meant. I yeah. think I said it first and got through there, but
1: yeah. I meant the in-season tournament. But um you may get a few of those, but otherwise those anybody that speaks ill of the in-season tournament, I think they're gonna get the the wrath of, of Commissioner Silver, oh, right? Will be, you know, so that's yeah. I don't think we're gonna see even if players are not in favor of it, I don't think we're gonna see a lot of. It's certainly not the way fans push back on the in-season tournament online.
2: I think tying it to the at least the pool play being a um, being regular season games, players are going to take it as serious as they would take early regular season games. Mm -hmm. So I think that is you know that that is important, right? They they will um, you know take that and kind of run with it. So yeah, I, I I. I think it's going to be more successful than people think it will be. Cause I, you know, and I, I just, I remember a lot of people, let's say the season after the bubble season, it's like the bubble season, everybody got, Hey, the playing tournament has to be a thing, but is that season after where people are like, that was a gimmick for the bubble. Like, why are we doing this now? I don't know anybody who doesn't like it. and doesn't, you know, enjoy it and think it's added a lot, you know, to, to, you know, to that end of the season, both the end of the regular season and the uh, push forward. I think the, The in season tournament will ultimately be the same thing. It'll be, hey, this is kind of fun. These games, you know, that didn't mean anything in, you know, November, December. They're, they're a little bit more meaningful now. And, you know, I'm into it. And I think they've done a good job keeping the play. I said it again the in season tournament nights away from the the NFL nights on the, the, schedule and all that stuff for the most part making sure hey we can really try to own these nights they're they're juicing it a little more with the media partners I, I think it'll ultimately be pretty successful
1: hey keith do you remember there were a few seasons there with with covid where we were so used to interchangeably saying summer meaning yes. off season and it was it was in the fall or whatever, and we <laughs> yep. kept saying summer and and all of that. Yep. Uh, the the in season tournament is now that level for me because <laughs> I keep calling it the mid season tournament, yeah, which isn't correct because it's not the middle of sure. the season. It's in it starts pretty early, um. And now you're throwing in the play, and It's gonna take us a little while to get to get used to calling it. Just like I'm still calling X Twitter and all that. It, it'll be it'll be yeah, a little while, a while before we, catch on. Before we yep, get into
2: for it. For sure yeah and okay. then, then it'll something will happen to cause it man yeah. i was i was hoping hoping hoping, hoping we'd get the breaking news here in this we're gonna sign off and if it's happening today it'll probably happen within the next 15 20 minutes yep uh, but we will promise you guys you know barring being a you know very far away from a screen if a trade goes down we'll come back we'll we'll probably as we generally do we'll probably go live if we're in a place to be able to just yeah. we'll break it all down and kind of go that way with, with, with all this so you know it's, it's it, i just i get this feeling it's coming soon so hopefully
1: i'm gonna go uh, shut my voice down for a little bit so if anything does happen we're we're ready for it all right everybody thank you for joining us nice to be back for a front office friday Uh, again, look forward to these all throughout the season. going to be a lot of fun. Again, if you have not subscribed yet to the YouTube channel, please make sure you do hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the like button as well. Then podcast listeners, follow us over on Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you everybody. Till next time. See ya and stay safe.
3: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium?